It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 7th, 2020. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's big win over the Brooklyn Nets and the, emerge- the re-emergence and the career game of Markel Fultz and why this game hopefully is a sign of things to come and why it's important that it is a sign of things to come. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked on and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Brooklyn Nets perspective of Monday's game? Check out Locked On Nets. Want to get a leg up on Wednesday's game against the Washington Wizards? Check out Locked On Wizards, a big win for Washington over Boston on Monday. No matter who, what team you're interested in, who your favorite team is, who your least favorite team is, or anywhere in between, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we got our national podcast, Locked on NBA, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. Again, no matter what your favorite team is, no matter what sport, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, college, or NHL 2, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Through the first half of the game, really first two and a half quarters of the game, the Orlando Magic felt like they had complete control over the Brooklyn Nets. It was, it was a sloppy game for both teams, but Brooklyn could not buy a bucket. And the Magic raced ahead in the second quarter, taking a 14-point lead to the locker room. And everything seemed to flow, and the defense was playing well, and it just felt like a big, big moment. Not maybe a big moment, because Brooklyn wasn't playing well, and Brooklyn hasn't played well, but it felt like a, 
it was the Magic were on their way to a comfortable kind of blowout win, something that they haven't had a lot of this year. But this game was a grind. There's just no getting around it. This game was difficult all the way through. There are no easy victories, no easy games, it seems, for the Orlando Magic. And that's that's okay. That's 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 something that's uh that's just gonna be how it is for a little while. But the Magic's 16 point lead, it was 16 points at one point, slowly began to whittle down. The Magic committed fouls, they committed turnovers, and Brooklyn, as poorly as they shot in this one, slowly weaseled their way back into the game. Very slowly weaseled their way back into the game. And after nearly nine minutes of gameplay, without scoring a field goal, Magic got some free throws, but without scoring a field goal for nearly nine minutes, the Magic found themselves down two and tied again at 78 apiece. This was gut check time. A game that really had no energy, no flow at all in the second half. A game that both teams probably in some respects felt like they got shots that they wanted. Orlando certainly felt like they got shots that they wanted. And they just couldn't find the bottom of the basket. They couldn't find a way to get those shots to go in. It was going to come down to who was going to make a play. And who was going to make a play for the Orlando Magic in this game? The same guy that got them started by scoring the first nine points of the game. Not Nikola Vucevic, not Evan Fournier, not Aaron Gordon. Not Terrence Ross. He didn't start games, but... But Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz had done a masterful job getting into the lane and finding passes and finding impossible lanes, it sometimes felt like, to make passes. And so he started... What proved to be a decisive 7-0 run. Weaseling his way in toward the rim for a, a tough floater layup. Then getting the ball in transition for a much easier layup. And then hitting a corner three to cap off his 7-0 run. The Magic had the lead. And all of a sudden, there was energy in the building again. All of a sudden, the team was playing with energy. The pace picked up. The Magic's defense started turning those into transition opportunities and the offense started to race ahead. What was a 78 all-tie, again, became 85-78 and again, the game got completely out of reach for Brooklyn. They They could not muster the shots. They could not get themselves completely back into the game. Markel Fultz scored a career high 25 points, finishing the Nets off in style, really in a lot of ways. Maybe not the style that he finished Washington off the first time the Magic played the Wizards, but certainly with some style. Orlando had found its kind of center and its 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 calm again and its rhythm and its flow. And it all stemmed from their young point guard. And Orlando picked up a 101-89 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. A game that, in the short term, at least in the, in the small picture, means the Magic are now 7th in the Eastern Conference. Hashtag avoid the Bucks. In the bigger picture, on along those same fronts, the Magic now have a win over their chief competitor in the in the playoff race. It's, it, it's it is early January. We're not yet halfway through the season, but it is time to start thinking a little bit about playoff seating and, and playoff matchups and how these games will play out down the road. 
Remember, Orlando lost two close games to Brooklyn last year. They tied Brooklyn for sixth, actually. They finished seventh because of tiebreakers. If they had won those two games, they would have been six playing Philadelphia instead of seven playing Toronto. That's how close this, this thing can be. And so this is, as they would say in the soccer in the soccer parlance, a six-pointer. And the Magic picked up that huge win. Or what at least today looks like a huge win. Who knows what it'll look like down the road. But Orlando did it the way they absolutely have to do it. Their defense was stifling. Steve Clifford seemed to downplay it after the game, saying, you know, I think Brooklyn got a lot of open looks or got some looks that they'll normally make. And indeed, the Nets shot 10 for 47 from beyond the arc. Torian Prince was 2 for 9. Joe Harris ended up 3 for 7. Was probably the best three-point shooter on the team. Uh, Garrett Temple, 1 for 8. Spencer Dinwiddie, 2 for 10. Wilson Chandler, 1 for 6. This is a team that fires three-pointers indiscriminately, and and this is not the first time they've missed a lot of three-pointers this season. The Magic, I thought, actually played really good defense all night. They deflected passes. They were in passing lanes. They scrambled well. They they chased guys off the three-point line. They challenged a lot of three-pointers. Yes, there were a few breakdowns, and yes, the Nets missed some of those shots. But I thought Orlando did a really good job overall, and I think the percentages bear that out. Obviously, Brooklyn only scored 89 points, but they also shot only 33.3% from the floor, and despite 12 offensive rebounds, only had 14 second-chance points. Orlando just did a good job challenging them at every front. And if only they could get their offense going more consistently, because Orlando missed a lot of those kind of in-between shots that they like. Um, they, they struggled a little bit getting to the rim and finishing around the rim. I think guys invited traffic invited traffic a little bit too much, drove, drove a little too deep. And so it became a game where the Magic needed that energy boost. It became a game where the Magic just needed someone who could finish and kind of get everyone moving and flowing again rather than forcing things. And frankly, that's the player the Magic have missed. That's the player the Magic don't really have on their roster. Unless it's the guy that did it in, on, in this game and on this night. And for sure, seeing as this was a game against a fellow playoff competitor and a, a, a big playoff competitor for the Magic, for sure, this is kind of how the Magic are going to have to try and find some energy offensively. And to me, maybe it's unfair to put it all on him. And I don't think we should put it all on him. D.J. Augustin certainly is going to be on the ball a little bit with those late game lineups as well. To be sure, the Magic are going to need Markel Fultz down the stretch. And they're going to need him to play very, very well. Against the Nets in a tie game when the chips were down, Fultz stepped up to the plate. Delivering on so much of the promise that the Magic have about him. And moving forward, they're going to need the same kind of effort, the same kind of flow and energy that they got from Fultz in this game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets 101 to 89. We'll talk a little bit more about Fultz here coming up in just a bit. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. 
TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. But before we do that, let's run through the final box score. As I said, we'll start with Fultz here. 11 for 20 shooting, 25 points, 4 assists, 4 turnovers as well, but 2 steals, 5 rebounds, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. Fultz really had everything going tonight. Um, I, I thought that especially early on he did a good job making sure he got to the basket, getting the Magic off on the right foot, and that's, I think, why the offense worked so well. I mean, this, this Magic offense works really well when they have guards, whether it's Fultz or Augustine or even Evan Fournier, able to get to the rim and be threats to finish at the rim and finish around the rim and, and close to the basket. Uh, that, that is such a huge part of this offense. It frees up Mobamba on the perimeter. It frees up Nikola Vucevic on the perimeter. It even frees up Aaron Gordon on the perimeter. I thought a little too often the Magic offense got bogged down trying to exploit matchups, trying to specifically pinpoint matchups and going to the very inefficient kind of isolation plays that that don't work in this league. Um, I... I and, you know, the, the, there's that big debate going on right now among NBA people about post-ups. I agree post-ups are inefficient shots. You don't want to run straight post-ups. And I'm a big believer in this. You never catch a post-up standing still. That is the most. That is one of the most inefficient things you can do. And time and time again, especially in, uh, in like early second quarter and even into the third quarter, Orlando was just trying to force feed the ball to Aaron Gordon and kind of work him in the post and... Gordon right now, you know, Gordon had a good game here. You know, 11 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 14 rebounds, but 6 turnovers and 2 steals. The 6 turnovers for Aaron Gordon largely came because he was trying to force his way into traffic. He wasn't looking for open space. He was trying to force things to the basket, and, and that's something that happens when you start kind of from a standstill uh, uh, you know, position. And generally, I think this was a problem for the Magic overall. Orlando had 20 turnovers in this game. That is an extremely high number for this team. The Magic actually lead the league in fewest turnovers in the league. So this was a very uncharacteristic game. And because the offense was struggling so much just to kind of create movement, you saw a lot of guys trying to force things to the basket. Gordon was one for sure. Nikola Vucevic shooting 3 for 12. He got 11 points as well as 24 rebounds. We'll talk about that here coming up in a minute. Um, a lot of that came because he was, you know, Vucevic got, you know, was trying to shoot post-ups, but Brooklyn did, was trying to double and triple team him. And Vucevic didn't really read it. Um, didn't read it particularly well. Uh, he he didn't pass the ball out quickly to, to the weak side or, or try and try and fight through the through the double teams. He instead tried to shoot away from it or shoot around from it, and, and that just didn't work. And, and the Magic didn't do a good job really getting him uh, open shots and getting him getting him set shots. Now, Vucevic did do Vucevic and Gordon for that matter did do yeoman's work on the glass. Both on both ends. Um, you know, Vucevic with five offensive rebounds, Gordon with three offensive rebounds. Vucevic had 19 defensive rebounds. Orlando, you know, when they were dialed in, when they were on, locked down the defensive glass. And and I'm talking like tough rebounds. Vucevic, the, uh, this was one of the best rebounding games I've ever seen from Nikola Vucevic. And and I, I do mean that. Um, I, I, I would have to go back and watch a tape of that Miami game where he had 29 rebounds. A lot of those rebounds, if I'm not mistaken, were kind of him making misses and and doing what my my high school basketball coach would call uh, playing volleyball with the backboard, you know, Moses Maloning it, if you will. Um, but the rebounds that Vucevic got in this game were tough, tough rebounds in traffic, batting the ball away from Nets players, batting the ball to Magic players, just trying to 
scratch out the scratch out the board. And, and Aaron Gordon was doing the same thing. They're they're just kind of fighting for every loose ball. They took it really upon themselves to rebound at a high level. And you know, I, I don't think you know both Vucevic and Gordon maybe haven't played up to expectation levels or how everyone wants them to play. But I think we all got to give them credit for being really good rebounders. And 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 one of the reasons both are so key to this team right now is they are the two best rebounders on the team. Ken Birch is not a good rebounder. Um, only one rebound in this game, which is hard to believe. Mo Bamba is an improving rebounder that still gets pushed around. He had five rebounds in this game. Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon go out and get boards. That, that they they are not they are not space rebounders. They are go get get them rebounders. Um, you know maybe not like Dwight Howard was. I mean it's hard to be as good of a rebounder as Dwight Howard was when he was in a Magic uniform. But these guys are getting boards and it's absolutely key to the, the way to the way this team's playing defense right now. So despite them both struggling offensively and, and having some big foibles offensively, their defense both their players both their defense. I thought Vucevic's defense was very good too. Their defense was so vital to this Magic team getting the victory, and and the rebounding especially was so vital to the Magic getting the victory. So, you know, tough games for them offensively, a sign of some of the offensive struggles that were just that the team was just stagnant, um, but an overall solid outing from them. DJ Augustine off the bench with 16 points, four for eight shooting, two for two for four from beyond the arc, an odd six of nine from the foul line, six assists against two turnovers. Augustine did a lot of his work in the second quarter, helping the Magic stake that big lead. Um, and I believe he had 12 points in the second quarter or in the first half at the very least. Uh, and, and he was just kind of doing what Fultz was doing, just getting anywhere he went on the floor, being able to hit shots and, and kind of distribute and get the, get the team moving. A lot of that kind of slowed down in the second half. Again, I, I felt like the Magic's big issue in this game was they started to struggle. Brooklyn kind of was playing some solid, some good defense, and Orlando just couldn't get loose. And so what a lot of players did, whether it was Augustine, whether it was Gordon, whether it was Vucevic, whether it was whoever— started really forcing the ball into traffic, which is right where Brooklyn wanted. That's why I think the turnover number was high. And so I think Orlando has to do a little bit better job understanding how to how deep they have to go. They really only have to engage that second defender, and then they got to kick it to the next guy. And so this is a game where I think Orlando had to pass the ball a lot better. 21 assists on 35 field goal makes is pretty good, but I felt like Orlando could have passed a lot better in this one. And, and Augustine certainly, you know, I, I think as much as he helped build the lead in the second quarter, um, it was that third quarter run with Augustine at the point without Markel Fultz and, and with, with the, the, that second unit that the Magic slowly began to lose their lead. So again, something to something to keep an eye on there. Evan Fournier, an oddly quiet game, 11 points, 3 for 8 shooting, 5 assists. Um, I thought I liked the shot selection. He missed a couple shots that, that he should normally make. Didn't take, a, didn't take a lot of them. And again, you know, you kind of see guys that are indicative of how well the offense is playing. Fournier not getting the ball is... is Yes, it was a sign the offense wasn't quite working as well as it could have or as it should have uh, for this team. So it's definitely something to consider. Last guy that deserves mention, Wessa Wundu. 12 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block. Um, I got to hand it to Coach Clifford here. He, he you know, a Wundu has really struggled this year. I think he's been really passive and, and, and really not afraid to play, but not but not uh, sort of playing to his full potential or, or playing, you know, showing the improvements that he's clearly made. Um, you know, you could kind of see this this lack of confidence and this really lack of rhythm. And, and, and Steve Clifford said, you know, once a one dude gets more minutes, once he's playing consistent minutes every game and, and knows when he's going to play and, and how he needs to play with, with which groups he's playing, he's going to show improvement. He's going to start looking like the player that we know that he is. That statement has turned out to be pretty prophetic. 
Awandu um, is playing a lot better and is starting to look like the guy that was that was pretty key to the Magic actually making the playoffs last year. I thought he was really active on cuts. Defensively, while he struggled early on with Joe Harris, he did a really good job uh, closing him down and really shutting him out of the second half. Um, he was his defense in the second half was was really really was really incredible and really really strong. And again, so much of so much of a big reason why the Magic were able to win this game and kind of keep Brooklyn at bay, even as Brooklyn made their run. Uh, I, I felt that. I felt that a one news defense was was really really solid. So Orlando getting seven guys in double figures. Terrence Ross had ten points off the bench as well. Um, you know, found some balance offensively. They 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 weren't incredible offensively, um, but they had a lot of guys that were attacking and, and getting decent looks. A lot of them weren't falling. Um, but Magic shoot forty three point two percent from the floor, eight for twenty six from beyond the arc, twenty three for thirty one from the foul line, eleven offensive rebounds, twenty turnovers. The big knock on this one as as the Magic get the win. Brooklyn, as I said, shot 33.3% on the floor. They're led in scoring by Spencer Dinwiddie with 16, but 6 of 19 shooting 2 for 10 from beyond the arc. Joe Harris added 16 as well, 6 for 11, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. Brooklyn, though, shoots 10 for 47, 21.3% from beyond the arc. They can't take advantage of the Magic's turnovers, uh, 20 points off those 20 turnovers, and only 14 points off of 12 offensive rebounds. The Orlando Magic with a big win, 101-89 over the Brooklyn Nets. They finish up this four-game homestand on Wednesday against the Washington Wizards before the gauntlet of that West Coast trip begins on Friday. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm sure I have sat here and and kind of laid out my expectations for Mark Fultz. As I've said to a lot of people, and again, I'm sure I've said it here, this is essentially Markel Fultz's rookie year. He played 33 total games in his first two seasons, and and both those years never started the year and never really played significantly enough to go through the true ringer of the NBA. And rookies are notoriously unreliable. That's why our good pal Josh Lloyd of, of Locked On Fantasy Basketball always advises fantasy basketball owners Unless it's, you know, a runaway, you know, top overall guy, don't draft rookies. They are not consistent. They are not going to give you the stats that you think they're going to give you. They're going to have their ups and downs. They're going to struggle. That's what rookies do. They're learning the league, as as Steve Clifford would say. And Markel Fultz essentially is a rookie this year. So while this first part of the season was certainly about, about Fultz just confirming that he can play again. Just going out there, playing, being loose, feeling healthy, and proving that he could play. We're now at the part of the season where he has played more games than he's probably ever played in his life. At this level. Certainly at this level. And it's the part of the season where you expect to see rookies hit the rookie wall. And Fultz has a little bit, actually. Uh, entering this game in his previous five outings, he's nine for forty-five. He, or he's not, I don't know, maybe not nine for forty-five, but he's shooting around 
shooting a little bit over twenty, little bit over twenty five percent from the floor and under thirty percent from the floor. He, he's really struggled with a shot of late, and you're seeing some turnovers creep up. You're even seeing some lapses in concentration and and lapses in energy um, of late. And and certainly that's something to keep an eye on. And the Magic have continued to limit his minutes a little bit, although he's not playing under a minutes restriction. Played 30 minutes in this game to score his career high 25, and I'm pretty sure that's, if not his career high, very, very close to it. One of the few instances that he's played 30 minutes this season. It's all to say the Magic are still kind of slow playing Fultz a little bit, and and Fultz is going to go through ups and downs, and he's going to have flashes like he did in this game, and he's going to have nights where he doesn't look so good. Again, another reason why I think the Magic are going to be a little hesitant to give up give up DJ Augustine at the trade deadline, even if even if that's a move that that does make some financial sense. But we are in a new re- we are also in this reality for the Magic. We are in the reality that yes, the Magic are a young team with young players they want to develop in Mo Bamba and Marco Fultz and, and of course Jonathan Isaac when he's out there and, and Aaron Gordon. But we're in the reality too that the Magic are trying to make the playoffs. And while development is nice and development is important and very important for this team, development for this team is going to come in the context of winning. Development is going to come from these players and what they can do to help the Magic achieve what is essentially the only goal that matters this year. The only way we can even judge this season a success is if they make the playoffs. This is a playoff team both because of what they did last year and, yes, because of the potential they've shown this year. And regardless of Jonathan Isaac being out, but probably especially because Jonathan Isaac is out, everyone has to step up and do a little bit more. And no one for this team probably has to do more or make sure he is on his game more than Mark Fultz. In this game, Markel Fultz dictated so much of the Magic's success. It's not just that he went on that 7-0 run in the fourth quarter to to help the Magic take control of the game. It's the tempo and pace that that created. It's the confidence and energy in the Amway Center that that created. And it's asking a lot of a young player to, to bear this responsibility. But Fultz is so good at getting to the basket, of squeezing passes to open teammates, that his energy really does, his energy and his pace especially, really do dictate how this team is going to play. The numbers, to some extent, back this up. The Magic are just, a pl- are just plus 0.5 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents. When Fultz is on the floor, not a big number. There are players that are better that have better ratings on that on that front. But the Orlando Magic are three point six points per one hundred possessions worse with Fultz off the floor. In fact, the Magic have a ninety nine point three offensive rating when Fultz is off the floor. No other player. The Magic are not. I'm trying to make sure I phrase this right. The Magic are at their worst offensively, statistically at least, when Fultz is off the floor. Really think about that. In fact, 
Fultz is the only player with an off-court net offensive rating of less than a point per possession. Again, the Magic are at their worst offensively when Fultz is off the floor. And obviously, the offense is a huge, huge, huge weakness of this team. So while it seems a little counterintuitive, a player who's, you know, not the greatest jump shooter makes the offense somehow better, he really does make the offense better because of the energy, the flow, the rhythm, whatever you want to call it, he provides. He is a threat to score from the mid-range. He's got a pretty consistent mid-range jumper. He can get to the basket. He can finish there. He is not a bad defender. He's a young defender, so he does make mistakes. He does overplay. He does watch the ball a little too much. But he's improving there, and his defense on, on Monday was very, very good. But it is this flow and energy offensively that the Magic need more than anything else. How many games this year has Clifford essentially looked at a box score after it and said, the difference in the game was we couldn't make shots? The problem is sometimes that's simple, but very rarely is it that simple. More often than not, it's more about rhythm and pace for this team. When the Magic's offense struggles, you'll watch the offense slow to a crawl. Not by number of possessions, but by the way they move in the offense. And Fultz is a guy that has a lot of control over that by how he brings the ball up the floor, by how he initiates a pick and roll, by how he gets into the lane and starts the action of the play. If he's slow and lackadaisical, the rest of the team will be too. Fultz does not need to score or be a great scorer to lead this team. What he needs is to be aggressive and confident. And on the attack constantly. The Magic trusts that he will make the right pass. The Magic trusts that he will get a good shot. That he can get to the rim. That he will make the right decision more often than not. And yes, he has turned the ball over a little bit too much of late. Which you expect again from young players. It's still all in the context of a very young player. But Fultz really does set the table for this team. And as the Magic move forward, as the playoff race begins to get more serious... We're going to be able to use how Fultz plays in a lot of ways as an indicator of what this team can accomplish. At the beginning of the season, Fultz was the team's wild card. We had no clue what to expect from Markel Fultz. But very quickly, we came to understand that he is a really good basketball player. And even as imperfect as he is right now, as much development as he has left to do, he can still be a major contributor to this team. And a major contributor and a major reason why the Magic make the playoffs for a second straight year. Without a doubt, the Magic will need Markel Fultz. They'll need his energy. They'll need his rhythm. They'll need his flow. And if he has more games and more flashes like the game that he had Monday night where he took control of the game, controlled the tempo of the game as much as the scoreboard, and the Magic really do have a chance to be something special moving forward and a chance to achieve their goals this season. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you'll know podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Once again, the Orlando Magic defeat the Brooklyn Nets. 101-89 to at the Amway Center. They're back in action Wednesday against the Washington Wizards. We'll have complete coverage of that game coming up later on this week. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.